Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Horn with my guy, Donald Thomas. And today we're going to go over maybe the most heartbreaking game of the year so far for the Indianapolis Colts. It's a game where for the most part of this game, I feel like you really can't complain what you've got from the offense or the defense outside of maybe two things, right? Two things that, that you could say, okay, this needs cleaned up. But outside of that, I, I feel like that this this is a, a team that really performed way better than I expected, um, you know, especially offensively, you know, considering they went up against the number one defense in the league and was able to put up 38, in my opinion, should have been closer to 60 uh, <laughs> in this game. Uh, Donald, what was your initial reaction uh, after the game was over? Um, well, you take everything, you know, you look at the silver lining in the whole issue, right? I mean, the Colts overperformed a lot better than what I think anybody really expected. Me and you both had this being a low scoring game. Um, I can't remember what my prediction was again, but it was not 39 to 38. I tell you that it was nowhere near that. Um, you know, uh, I did predict the Colts to lose. Unfortunately, the way in the fashion they lost, um, is heartbreaking. I would, you know, I'm I'm much more comfortable with seeing a team lose by seven, you know, a field goal, 14, something where it's a definitive loss. Like, you know, and you can go and pick and choose, okay, these two plays are the main plays that really decided this football game um, as opposed to just how it all transpired across the whole, um, the whole game, right? And really at the very, very end where I think the Colts really – um, played their hearts out yesterday um, and you know they just came up short at the end and, and that's part of the game and sometimes you can't leave it into you know other people's hands but I mean we'll get into it in a second here and um, you know, I'll give you my two cents on it but at the end of the day you know there's a lot of positive to take from this game you know a, a loss is a loss that's the unfortunate part about it you can't go back in time and, and do things differently but there's plays that happen throughout the course of the game that are the reason why the Colts lost and, and they deserved to lose because of those, but there's reasons why they deserve to win too. So it's kind of rough, right? When you look at it um, from both, from both sides of the spectrum. Absolutely. And before we get into the rest of this, I just got to remind everybody that bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get your latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, and more NFL continue or bet online continues to be your fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, obviously the biggest topic 
immediately following the game, all the way through to today, was the two penalties on Daryl Baker on that 70-plus scoring drive with, you know, like 15 seconds left in the game. Uh, Now, I personally, there's a reason why I'm not going to get into it too much. Uh, Feel free to let you talk about it all, all you want. I've made my thoughts very well known on Twitter. Uh, very, very, very well known. Um, but at the same time, the reason why I don't want to get into it too much is because me personally, I'm under the, uh, the feeling that it shouldn't even came down to that. It should not have came down to that last drive. The Colts should have been in a position had they had performed uh, properly um, that, you know, you don't put the game in a referee's hands for one drive. You just, you, you can't do that. This is the kind of results that you will get. If you do that, you have to put the game away and you got to put it away early and you got to protect it. Right. That's what you got to do. Don't do uh, what happened this past game. It, it makes for fun. It makes for a crazy game and, and, and uh, something that people could talk about, not just as Colts and Browns fans, but NFL fans and, media and stuff get to talk about this all 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 the time but i don't want that i want boring games i want i want to see you know where where the colts are you know just straight up beat the holy crap out of them right i mean that's that's what i want to see and most fans of teams want to see that i do enjoy an occasional close game but don't put the game in the ref's hands you just that's that's not a recipe for success in in the nfl in my opinion well you're correct um and you're and, and the way you're looking at this is through, you know, uh, the lens of a lot of Colts fans, right? Um, I think that's the lens of any fan that's a fan of a, of a certain team is they just want to they just want to win a good definitive win, not one where they're at the edge on the edge of their seats the whole game, and then there's all these things that come back to bite you in the butt. And if you look at it from my personal opinion, it's not the last drive. I always look at what transpires throughout the course of the game from the, from the very, very beginning, the very early things that happen, they come back to bite you in the butt. Right. And so the main thing that sticks out to me is the block is the block uh, is the block the field goal. Right. I said to myself, I said, this is going to come back and haunt them in the end because the way both of these teams were playing was very, very tight. Right. It was back and forth. It was very close game. It wasn't any time where it was like, oh, this game's out of reach where you did. I did think uh, for a for a slight bit that Cleveland was going to run away with it just because I started seeing some like momentum shifts. Um, But the Colts stayed with it for the most part, played pretty decent. And what happened at the end was a one point one point game where if we didn't get that 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 field goal, that kick block. You know, this is a different ball game. So those are the things that I look at when I'm when I'm when I'm looking at any team, not just the Colts, but it's the small things that add up, right? It's just the little things that you look at and you're like, okay, hopefully this doesn't come back to bite us in the butt later on. But this thing did. And so when you look at it from a standpoint of missed tackles, when you look at it from a standpoint of just blown assignments, in my opinion, on offense, when you look at it from the blocking up front was pretty decent for the most part, but then there were times where you know, you have the, the chance to to put your, your team in a better position and we get a sack fumble in the end zone or we we get, you know, we get a we get pressure on the quarterback at, at an at a inopportune time where for the Colts, it just it's we're not the Colts are not good enough team to recover from those things 
when those really, really good teams make those mistakes, the Colts is like when that's when something like that happens, it's detrimental into the outcome of the of the game. So overall, you know, the Colts play their butts off scoring the football. Scoring the football is 38 points. You can't take anything away from from them. The Browns did an even more exceptional job um at scoring the football because hey, the starter goes down first, you know, very first quarter. You know, uh, what's his name? PJ Brown, whatever his what's his name? Is that was that PJ Walker? PJ, yeah. PJ Walker, excuse me. He comes in, young kid, you know, does a good job of, of stepping into an NFL game of command in the offense. Coach got to take advantage of that a little bit more, right? Like we got to throw some things at him. Where now what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, right? We talked about you don't just throw the, the game plan out the window. You don't throw the game plan out the window, but I got to add a couple of wrinkles in there where we got to get after this kid. We got to give him some, we got to mix this thing up a little bit, throw him something exotic that we've been practicing. We may not have practiced much this week, but we can do it in a game if need be. Let's try some things out. Let's let's blitz him a little bit more and get him moving out the pocket. Let's get so he can throw me a turnover. So um, you know, and, and so those things did not really happen that I saw on the defensively for the Colts, and I felt like we could have taken, um, you know, we could have uh, impacted the game. Oh, Rodney Thomas, though, yeah, that 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 big pick, I was happy to see him kind of recover because I feel like he's been struggling a little bit this year. Not really struggling, but just not making plays, if that makes sense, right? He's out there. He's been in good spots sometimes. Just make a play. I think this is a big confidence booster for him, you know, coming into his second year. will boost him up to, you know, add some play because we need our safeties playing better this year. So – if you take away, and I, I don't want to take this away because it is what it is, that first score for the Browns, that 67-yard run by Jerome Ford, oh, my goodness, okay? That was one of only two drives that the Browns had that was over 39 yards the entire game, okay? Mm-hmm. That one and their last one. Weird. Bookend drives were the only drives the entire game that the Browns' offense was able to move the ball more than 39 yards. All right. And I just want to go back to remember last week when everyone was saying you don't run in a stacked box, you don't run with seven in the box, eight in the box. We had eight in the box. We had eight in the box. And that's why you run against eight in the box. Because if you get past that second level, gone. Right. I mean, that's that's the opportunity. Now, it's rare. It doesn't happen all the time. But when it does happen, it really boosts the offense and gives you guys a lot. You know, it, it, it kind of gives that momentum. It A play like that can shift momentum very, very, very quickly, right? You get a big play. I mean, that 75-yard touchdown by Michael Pittman Jr. completely shifted the entire momentum of the game at that point, right, uh, after a couple missed tackles. Uh, you, but what I'm saying is if you take that 67 yard run away from Jerome Ford, defense gave up 3.1 yards per carry. Not bad. Not bad. That one play obviously ships it a little bit, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
as a team overall, right? They had more yardage, both in the passing and the running game, right? Uh, more yards per play, more first downs, better third down efficiency, more total plays, right? Uh, more time of possession. They should have won this game, if not for four turnovers for the second straight week in a row by Gardner Minshew. Now, a couple of these turnovers, I can't really put them all on him. I can't. Uh, Now, in a way, you do, because he has the football, he's got to protect it, right? But Miles Garrett just made plays this game. Miles Garrett was a freaking monster. If it wasn't for Miles Garrett, Colts win this by three scores or more. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, That dude is a beast. And right now he is playing not only for defensive player of the year, but I feel like he might be that one dude on defense that is pushing for NFL MVP because he is playing at that level where he could take over a game. And, you know, this is one of those situations where you look at and go, if not for him, they don't win. Right. What are your thoughts on Miles? I said it last week. I mean, for anyone who listens to to us, you know, weekly and Mm -hmm. heard that our show last week, I said it. I said Miles Garrett is hands down, arguably, and this might not be arguably anymore, is the best player on defense in the NFL, hands down. Like, you could argue Micah Parsons, you could do all that, but the way that how physical he is, he's able to overpower, make a play when it counts – you know, just shift the whole football game. If he's not on the field, Colts win this game. You can't say that about a lot of players on defense. Mm-mm. You can say, oh, a DB gets a pick, you know, he's, you know, he'll get a pick back. But the way that he shifts the game, like he alters a game plan. Like he he requires, and then then when it's time where you have to play football and you can't, you know, you can't, you know, double team him or whatever, slow him down, like he's going to make a play. It just is what it is. And so you're right. Statistically, right, a team, when you lose a turnover battle, you lose the football game. You win the turnover battle, you have a better, higher percentage of winning the football game. The Colts here, they deserve to lose just off of having four turnovers, period. I don't care who's giving up the turnover or make it like creating the, uh, losing the ball. You deserve to lose the game because the most important piece on that field is possessing the football. So we can talk about all the stats we want. Rushing yards, receiving yards, time of possession. We can talk about all of it. It sounds great. Yeah. That team won. If you told me all those things, the team we're talking about, they definitely won. They wasn't even close. You're telling me they lost. Well, some other stuff happened. Let's look at the turnovers. Let's look at overall play. Let's just look at when it's time to go get a play. We're trying to make something happen. We're trying to fight for the extra yard. When it's time not to get a, 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 a kick block, right? We, we, we can't have those miscues, those mishaps. That's what really separates, and you'll and people see in this league. It's like there's some teams that are just bad, and they come out and they don't compete. And then there's teams that are like always in it, but can't win it. And it's because of the simple things that they need to clean up defensively, offensively, special teams wise, just being more disciplined. And quite frankly, like until we until we can do that, we're just going to be you know one of those these frustrated Colts fans that are sitting there always talking about we we did this, we did that. It ain't the refs deal at the end of the game to decide the game. You got to take it out of the refs' hands 
well during the game, like you know, saying something from the first from the first kickoff. Mm-hmm. Like we got to play hard, so like you know, like we can get on those last two calls, and they they could have gone you know certain ways. And I know we're not thinking it's DPI. There's a lot of gray area when you say a ball is you know uncatchable or you know legal contact. You know, and 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 we can you know, coach fans will debate that as well. But it's just like you look at it and go either way. The call was made though. Should never had to happen to where the call had to be made and determine the, the outcome of the game. So whether whether right, wrong, or indifferent on the refs on the refs end, we let it come down to that. And quite frankly, they're getting paid too, and they got to throw something if it looks fishy. And certain now at this second quarter, and this second and six, and that call's made. Oh, all right, you know, like we live to see another down. It's not going to affect the game. Hopefully, the outcome of the game. But this happened crunch time. You know, when 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 the Browns needed it, we don't need to have a mishap, miscue. Kid gets beat. He has to resort to trying to get some type of recovery on the on the on the on the, the you know the receiver. Well, the ref's right there. He's going to call it because it's tight. It's it's all eyes are on that simple that exact play it happened right in front of him, and then it boom, it happens to the young kid again. So it's just like it's it's unfortunate from a player standpoint to see that happen to him because you know his mind, his psyche is is rattled at that point. He doesn't want to get beat, you know, and, and it happens, right? Or, for example, we talked about it coming out of the, uh, the end zone, right? And it's time Miles Garrett gets the, the, the sack fumble. And, you know, that's tough on an offensive tackle with a guy like Miles Garrett. That's a tall, tall, you know, order to fill. Especially you know, when it's a rookie. Right. And, like, all those things are happening, right? And this kid's like, Never won against it. He knows who Miles Garrett is. He's been knowing who Miles Garrett was since he was in high school. And right. here it is in crunch time when you got to block him. You can't have a miscue. This ain't on the 50 or the 40. This is on the two yard line where the quarterback is in the end zone. Right. And Miles knows how to beat you. And that's why he gets paid the big bucks and all that. So there's a lot of things that happen in the course of this game where we can't pinpoint and say the ref screwed us over. Yes. Don't get, don't beat me up on Twitter. Don't beat me up on, on, on all these different platforms. You know, when we talk about this, that oh, I'm wrong or right. Listen, it ain't about that. The calls were made. Yes, they're questionable. They're debatable. I'm not on anybody's side when it comes to the calls. I'm on the player side, right? I don't screw the refs, but they we allowed it to come down to them. So at the end of the day, do we deserve to win the football game? No, we don't deserve to win the football game because we didn't do anything deservingly to win the football game. Taking care of the football's uh, number one priority. Period. We didn't take care of the football. So do we deserve to win? Our chances of winning our, our cuts are slimmer than none because we didn't do that. So we can talk about all the X's and O's and all that, but we just didn't execute when it was time. Yep. So the Browns scored four times getting 17 or less yards to score. They had a six-yard drive that ended in a field goal. That was after the Denzel Ward interception, which, by the way, Mm-hmm. It was a hell of a play by Denzel Ward. He jumped that route no like nobody's business and got that interception. Um, then you, they get another field goal, 17 yards after, you know, a fumble. So mm-hmm. that's six points right there. Freebies, ha-ha, uh, strip sack touchdown, right? That's another one. Uh, and then, of course, the blocked field goal, and they got a whole, I think, uh what was it 17 yards yeah so yeah that's 
that's what it is. I mean, they got 16 points off of four drives and all four dri- or, or or four that's opportunities to score, yeah. mm-hmm. getting only 17 or less yards. That's what turnovers do. We did we we discussed this last week, right? Against the Jaguars, same exact situation. Jaguars scored 17 points off turnovers where they they didn't have to drive more than 40 yards, right? And that's mm-hmm. nuts. The exact same thing happened again uh, against Cleveland. Look, the Browns deep or the Colts defense, I thought, played a overall a phenomenal game considering the situation they were put in. Look, I get it. 39 points, a lot of points. You look at that and go, holy crap, that defense must have been awful. But look, they only gave up four of 16 third down efficiency. Third of six, three, four of 16. That is freaking amazing. Uh, you see that, you automatically think, well, that team wasn't able to move the ball at all. They gave up 4.4 yards a play per play. Again, really good. But when you're put in a situation where, you know, you got to give up 15 freaking field goals, you know, (laughs) then that's not, that's not a good sign. They gave up two drives of 40 or more yards, you know, book in, like I said, book in drives. Um, which you could, you know, put that on busted, busted coverage, right? Both of them. Uh, you had the that that catch um, by oh, I can't remember his name down the sideline uh, for the Browns. Cooper was covered really, really well. That dude was wide open right there on the sideline. Great pass uh, while getting hit right by PJ Walker. Uh, that was just a fantastic play by the Browns offense on that to make that big play downfield. And then of course that big sixty-seven yard run. You know, uh, where you, know, you had missed opportunity on the defense to make a tackle, right? So that's you know, couple couple missed plays there, but for the most part, everything else, I feel like the defense did their job incredibly well. Um, but my, I got a question: How does that feel? How does that work for an offensive guy? See, you're an offensive lineman. You got a guy like Blake Freeland or our second year guy, Bernard Ryman. Both of them had to deal with Miles Garrett all, all day today, right? One-on-one. Uh, occasionally, you'll get a tight end out there that as he's going by, he just hits him with his hand, and that's about it, you know, the chip, you know. Um, how, how do you walk into this game in a situation like that mindset wise and how do you keep yourself in a positive mindset when you're getting beat play after play after play by someone of miles garrett's talent so you're gonna as a as an nfl player as a player that's a competitive player to get to this level you have to be competitive you have to be hard on yourself you have to um you know compete and you have a will to compete um, going against guys in the NFL, everybody's good. Mm-hmm. There's no we can tell by all this guy sucks. Well, you line him up against anyone else that's not in the NFL, and he will destroy that person. Not even close. I don't care what position it is, it won't even be close. Um, so we can as a as a fan looking in on it, still out the window. These kids are good. Yeah, they would not be in the NFL if they were not good. Absolutely. Um for the most part, they're above average. Um, and they are Above average allows you to win, I would say, 70 to 80% of the time in the NFL, offensive line-wise. 
Um, and that means just keeping the quarterback clean. That means, you know, not allowing QB hits. That means, uh, you know, doing your assignment, blah, blah, blah. But there's also that upper echelon player that you have to go up against. And when the above average player goes up against that upper echelon player, the gap is just, it's, it's insurmountable. It's not even close. Miles Garrett is one of those guys that he's an upper echelon player. And if you don't have a very good offensive tackle to block him, um, you know, you're just going to be a long day. These kids can't, they have to forget about this game. They have to forget about this game for the rest of the season because it's going to do them no good to dwell on it confidence wise. Um, and that goes for any position. You get burned up top as a corner. You got to, it's the next play. It's the next game. Like, some of you might go up against a, a, a AJ a, AJ Brown or something like that who's just going off, or Tyreek Hill that's going off, and you you got speed, but he's got speed, he's got track speed, he's got a different speed that no one in the league can keep up with. And so, like for the for for these young tackles, forget about it because guess what? A couple of weeks ago, he did Trent Williams even worse, and Trent Williams to me is a Hall of Famer. He's the best tackle left tackle in football right now. Arguably, like I think the, the dude's amazing. He's tossing like a rag doll. So if we see him do Trent Williams like that, as a player, well, I'm watching film. So I'm, I've watched the last four games. I always go back four games and watch four games worth of tape for in, in the week. And I see the Trent Williams, so I'm like, Whew. all right. If this guy, all we can do, it's, it's just like a, having a great player in basketball. He's going to get his 40. LeBron's going to get his 40. Curry's going to get his 40, right? We just got to contain him. He's going to get his 40. I don't care who you put him. He's going to get his 40, right? Miles Garrett's going to get his sack. He's going to get his his, 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 he's going to get his QB hits. He's going to get them. We just got to lower and lessen the chances of him, you know, being successful by helping him out with the, with the, with the chips, with the, with the running, running back, releasing out the backfield, yada, yada, yada. But when your number's called, it's time to put on your big boy pants and play football because damn it, you're getting paid too. I mean, in hindsight, in hindsight, with as much effect that Miles Garrett had on this game, I personally, you know, I I, I just watched the tape. Let's say I'm a coach. I'm watching the tape, you know, seeing what he did to Trent Williams, seeing what he's done all year long, right? I'm like, I can design plays where there's only three or four guys going out for routes. Why don't I just take my best blocking tight end and follow that man around and it's a guaranteed double team on Miles Garrett the entire game. You know, doing that I think changes the out, uh, the outlook and complexity of this game dramatically. Now, granted, this is hindsight. I'm talking about this after the game, right? I understand that you know hindsight is 2020, but is that is that an actual option? Have you ever seen that in the NFL where a tight end just follows a defensive player and 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 helps on double teams and situations like that, like you uh, know, not for say following the whole game, but eighty percent of the time in like third down, um, someone's coming to help. The tight end's going to line up on that side. Uh, they're, they're, the running backs going to help chip um, because they know they need it. Now, granted, um, you know the Colts probably should have had some help on that on the on the sack from play in the end zone strip sack or whatever it should have been you know um some help for that young kid out there put him on the island is, is, is a tough situation for him that's a, just a bad 
the outcome, like I literally was like, it's Miles Garrett time. I didn't I didn't say it out loud. I was like, if you need a play from your from your playmaker, he's gonna make it right now. And he made it. So it, but across the field, you gotta understand that that's there's a high probability that he's gonna make a play. There's a high probability that in this situation, he's gonna get pressured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another guy that I could compare him to um is a Julius Peppers. Right. Julius Peppers was one of those guys where it was time to line up and make a play. He he would get guy. He had guys rattled. Miles Garrett has guys rattled right now and they get out of their game. And the last thing you want is a young guy to get out of his game because he's going to get he's going to get ran through or whatever happened. Like you saw what happens when guys get nervous and stuff like that, because, you know, emotions are real. So you got to do whatever you can to help them out. But at the same time, you can't, you know, dummy the play like your, your, your playbook or shrink your playbook down. Uh, just to contain one guy when you're paying a guy money that he needs to do his job as well. You know, you want, you know, you want to contra- contain them, but you're, you're really taking away from your pass game and some check down stuff like that with having the chips and having the, the running back come out the backfield to help the tackles out. Quite frankly, in my, in my opinion, like if you, if I was a tackle and throughout the whole week, you told me you're going to bring this tight end over, you're going to bring, I got a problem with that. Cause of my pride now, like, what are you saying? I can't do it. I've seen him do guys like that, but I got to play too, right? A little help every now and then is, 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 is warranted, but you're not going to change the whole game plan or shrink the playbook just to help me out. Now you're hurting the rest of the team. So I think so a lot of the coordinators see that um, and, and they try to simulate it in practice. So whoever Miles Garrett's going to be that week is impossible but it just comes down to guys being prepared. And quite frankly, are you good enough to block them? And some guys just aren't good enough to block them. And that's why they're hall of famers. That's why they're so disruptive. And, you know, some guys just aren't good enough to block that man and, and hats off to him, but he changed the whole game and he won the game for him. Yeah. You, you, you brought up Julius Peppers as a, as a comparison. And um, yesterday I, I put up JJ Watt as a Colt fan. You know, that is that dude, the guy that would come in and just completely wreck a game. You know, (laughs) as a Colt fan, I have seen J.J. Watt do what Miles Garrett did yesterday. Yeah, I've been been on the field and seen him like wreck havoc. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but one thing is, I'll say this, Gosler Chairless used to play for the Colts when I was here, the right Mm -hmm. tackle. Gosler and J.J. used to go at it from the times when when Gosler was in Detroit, go at it with J.J. He didn't take no mess from J.J. Like he didn't like the thing was you can't let guys get going. You can't if you let them get started, the motor gets going. You got to shut them up from the beginning. Got one thing guys did well with JJ was when we came to the coast together was he was he went right at him from the jump. I'm talking about like you know like I'm letting you know today like you're not going to start chirping, you're not going to start thinking you're a bully, you're not going to start doing extra pushing, you're not going to start doing none of that. And that all plays a part in the game when you set the tone. And so when you have young guys that aren't setting the tone because maybe sometimes the older guys are just so kind of, you know, mild, like we were rough. Like anybody that knows me when they play with me, like I'm chirping. If we got to fight, we got to fight. <laughs> it just is what it is. It's a war down there. It's a battle. It's grown men. You trying to eat my food. I'm taking your food off the table. Right. And sometimes I feel like these guys don't have that mentality. Sometimes or some somebody's not in the locker room. It's like laying the law down and making sure everyone's got in the right mentality because, you know, to win up front, you got to be a mean guy. No nice guys up front, period. You got to be a dog. And so, like, when you see this, you're like, man, who's going to set the tone up front? 
who's going to set the tone for the whole team? Who's the tone setter? Who's the guy that's going to be you, but you, you, you chirp and you talk, but you lead, lead by example. Who's going to be that guy. Right. And so sometimes the, you see no teams that have that identity and the teams that don't. But sometimes I wonder who's the guy offense, defense, league. who's the guy on the team period to set the tone, right. To get guys going to be dogs. If you be the bully, you be the aggressor. Let's put our foot on someone's neck and not let up the whole game. Something that, um, something that just baffles my mind. Look, Gardner Minshew did not throw the football 55 times with those four turnovers. He he dropped back 23 times. He had 23 attempts, right? 305 yards and two touchdowns and 23 attempts is freaking stupid, nasty good. Right. But the Colts did exactly what we said they needed to do, run the football. Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss both had 18 mm-hmm. carries in this game. That's 36 carries between two running backs. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Jonathan Taylor, would you consider this a breakout? His his welcome back to the NFL game, 18 carries, 75 yards, plus he had three catches for 45 yards. So you're looking at, you know, a guy who had uh, over 120 yards from scrimmage today on his mm-hmm. third game back of the year and technically did so well, it seemed like he got, you know, a uh, the, the NFL – decided that that caught their attention is like here's a bo- here, here's a bottle go pee in it <laughs> yeah no you know he, um jonathan's gonna he's a he's a he's a special player regardless it's only a matter of time before he gets his feet you know back wet and ready to go and all that and, and i i watched a little clip of, of something he did on a, another podcast and i don't mm-hmm. know the name of it um the but he was saying I guess it may have been that one. He was like, you know, coast fans are like, you know, talking crazy. Like, dang, can I get my feet wet? Can I can I get a couple of carries? Can I can I get back in the groove of things? You know, like, but I feel him right. And so it's only a matter of time before he has his hundred yard rushing game. He's going to have his, you know, seventy five yards is close enough, right? I mean, a couple more, couple more, you know, one run would have broke him over hundred if it was a good run, right? So he's getting close. He's getting back to the player that he used to be. I don't know if he'll be. Two years ago, Jonathan Taylor, right? Two seasons ago, we hope it is, right? We don't know, but he is going to do some good things, and and, and he's going to be hard to contain. It's only a matter of time, you know. Um, we were, I wasn't harsh on Jonathan Taylor. I was harsh on the situation, right? Like I just say, like healthy, ready to go. He's dynamic. He, there's a reason why he got paid that money because the Colts know that he can do those things. I just don't like all the other stuff about how we go about from a team standpoint, from a player standpoint. I would go about getting to a common ground. I think sometimes, you know, it can be a little less, um, a little less broadcasted, a little less out in the public, a little less of a distraction. If sometimes, you know, I get it's a business, but, you know, they came to an agreement, they got it done. But at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor had a great game, um, you know, total, total yards that he had on offense. He's getting back into form. And that's another good thing that we could take away from this game is, you know, you have another weapon getting back into form. And my whole thing is I just hope that, you know, Zach Moss doesn't get lost in the shuffle of, of Jonathan Taylor getting back into form because it's going to be a great one-two punch for them both to be able to get these carries and both have solid rushing days where you have 200-yard rushers. That's recipe for wins. 200 yards on the ground, every game averaging. That's You want to win football games that way. So – um, you know, it, it, it's definitely a bright spot for Colts fans. I said, a lot of silver lining in this game, um, you know, defensively as well. You know, um, 
hey, you know, we got to just build from this game. It's unfortunate, but we didn't do enough to win, and we didn't take it out of the rough scenes at the end of the day. Yep, yep. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, 30 minutes, plenty of time to discuss that game. We'll probably uh, talk a little bit more about the situations in our upcoming preview game, which we'll have a guest for that as well, someone that covers the New Orleans Saints, maybe even a former player from that team. That'd be nice to have four of us on here all discussing uh, and previewing that game. But until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts. Do you believe? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.